A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Apsop. I am Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here, Joseph, to talk about two of the greatest characters of all time. That's right. Oh, the suspense. <laughs> what if you suddenly change it? What joke are they going to make <laughs> about what Panda... No. Uh, Lobot and his cousin, Bobot. Not a real character. Oh. Yet. Not yet. Yet. Not yet. We're going to be talking about C-3PO and R2-D2, the galaxy's favorite droids. We're going to be diving into that today. Uh, you know, uh, we're going to talk more about it on the show, but sometimes even I forget that they're main characters. They are main, main characters, yes. So we're going to take a dive in today. But before we do that, uh, I want to remind you, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Over 180,000 titles to choose from. For your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, a little bit later, our Four Center recommends will be here to uh, give you an audiobook we think you should try out. Star Wars Life Adventures, Joseph. Uh, we always go to Battlefront, so I'll try to start <laughs> elsewhere, but I'll see what, how your uh, life's going, and then we'll go to Battlefront. I'll go to Battlefront pretty quickly, but I guess the, the only real uh, Star Wars Life Adventures kind of tangentially is getting ready for Convergence at Big Convention in Minnesota yeah. happening this week. Uh, doing a comedy show that has a decent amount of Star Wars in it and yeah. uh, doing a live episode of Star Wars Counseling. So I've been prepping for that. And I've been really enjoying, we haven't talked about it in a while on the show, the Galaxy of Adventures, uh, short oh, YouTube videos yeah, that keep coming cool. out from Titmouse. And man, just keep getting better and better. They had one that's covering the life of mm-hmm. uh, Sheev Palpatine, uh, one that re- people reposted a lot is just sort of the history between the battle of the light side and the dark. It's just yes. a, dude do such a great job of just like taking images that we know and reframing them in interesting ways that just pulls the emotion out of them. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I, I need to catch up. I think I fell off. It's those, it's those darn YouTube YouTube algorithms. Yeah. You don't watch so you watch uh, too many UFO videos and suddenly uh, <laughs> that's, that's all you got, Joseph. Um, yeah, I saw the Sith one. Uh, I, I, I think it's spectacular. I had a conversation with someone uh, recently. I think it was on Twitch, a fan who was like, you know, my young kid's trying to get into Star Wars. Where should I start? It was like... I couldn't get the words out fast <laughs> enough. Galaxy of Adventures. Gal- Star Wars kids, go to your YouTube channel. This is why they designed it. And uh, if for for a kid, that's a great entry point. For an, an adult, what a fun way to look back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's beautiful. Did your uh, adventure stop there, sir? No, just Battlefront 2. That's it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there was the big uh, update uh, with yeah. the droid because the big thing uh, that was yes. added. And that was just really fun. I, I played a droidica for a few minutes and was like, oh, I, I get what it is. Yeah. I'm trying to level up some other things. But it was so fun to just be like, I'm running around and just there are balls of death rolling everywhere and flying off the edge of Camino. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, a listener to the show, uh, Graham Butler out there in uh, uh, Scotland, the UK side, he, he was watching me Twitch stream it and he, and he made, said it looked like Marble Madness, the old Commodore 64 <laughs> game. Just at least Marble yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, and I, I heard Yoda say something I never heard him say before. So I'm wondering if they're if I have missed it or if they're refreshing some of the dialogue, which would be great. Uh, oh, yeah. But he, we were standing around, the heroes waiting for the villains to attack, and Yoda said, oh, Grand Master Jedi, just another term for old man. Like, weird, <laughs> weirdly introspective, Yoda. What self-loathing is hit you, Yoda? He's having a bad morning on Hoth. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. How uh, about yourself? Battlefront 2, obviously, but anything yeah. else? Uh, you know, I, I went uh, and supported uh, our pal Nathan Hamill at his toy release, uh, but was sold out by the time I got there because I got held up at the comedy store, which is, is awesome to hang The out toys? There. The toys sold out. Nice. His drawer, little vinyls there. He's got that going. Uh, I, I won the shirts, and... 
Just fun. Uh, we met um, met a couple fans of of Four Center. Nice. Uh, gosh, Joe. I believe his name was Joe. Mark Ellis was buying a lot of rum and cokes that <laughs> night, uh, but he was real sweet. And nice. uh, it was a great moment where he looks at Nathan and goes, "Like, I mean, and, you know, your dad, your dad." And, uh, I mean, uh, he's Luke Skywalker. And Nathan goes, goes what? <laughs> no one told me. I look at him and I say, I, your dad was, I thought your dad was Harrison Ford. You've been telling me this whole time. <laughs> Great moment with the uh, Scum and Villainy Canteen, which is always fun. We take for granted. We're so close to it, but... Uh, it's fun. They've yeah. done some great improvements. Here. Absolutely. Uh, and then a lot of Battlefront 2. Uh, yeah, the Droidicas, I, I agree with you. I, I got the feel. I like them. Uh, I'm, I leveled up a little bit. So that the, le- the leveling up is that candy that brings you back. Right, especially because you level yeah. up fast early on. And you think, yes. like, I am a god. I am the best at being a rolling marble ball of death. And then suddenly, like, so true, uh, now I'm grinding. Now I'm grinding. So true. Uh, but I love fun. And I learned early on. Slow down with them because you're rolling, right? You're rah, 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 rah. You, do, you can walk, put the shields up. It lasts for a while. Uh, that, but I, I am obsessed with my heavy and my random grenade kills. And uh, I, at a great moment, I, my friend Kyle, friend of the show, Kyle uh, Harlow, he tweeted, he clipped it out. I, I retweeted it. I stood in front of a, of a tank charging at me with the sentry gun. And I went, oh, I'm going to die out yeah. loud. And as it came, it blew it up as it came close to me. Almost like Batman and the big rig <laughs> yeah. in Dark Knight. And it was a great moment. And it just, it just, it, the game is so fun. And we did the big dive into it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But it's just so fun. I think we can keep checking in on it because it is just, it is amazing that there is uh, such constant updates. And I've been paying a little bit more attention to some of the commentary from the people working on it. Mm. And obviously dice ea they're big companies but i think it's a pretty small team working on battlefront because you can just like go to the twitter feed of (laughs) the guy who's doing it and like they made a a change to a bunch of the hero cards but they didn't uh didn't change finn and everybody's like what's going on why do you blah blah and he's like i forgot to hit the finn button i'll do that (laughs) (laughs) it's like a guy like just oh man i forgot to restock the uh the orange juice but no no big deal we have more i'll stock it don't worry about it i don't know there was something about it that that while as huge as star wars is it's fun to reconnect to like yeah but Mm -hmm. there's just there's a human flipping the should i update finn switch too you know it was a little dangerous but yes those humans Uh, i got a few minutes on the naboo supremacy map yeah really fun a big fan for hello grito hello grito is a big fan of it i should say yeah the urban warfare i i had an hour 10 minute uh geonosis one (laughs) so that took all my time yesterday yeah uh welcome to life adventures aka battlefront two updates from us here at force center we're gonna dive into our news as you know jennifer's still out we have talked with jennifer uh we we check i mean as we would we're all friendly but i mean (laughs) i said that like a reveal (laughs) jennifer's alive yeah no we uh touched by jennifer she's doing great she sends her regards and we try to get her on soon for a phone call talking about her adventures at galaxy's edge but uh with jennifer uh still out we're looking at the news i've got some notes here joseph it's a lot of Daisy Ridley, because the Daisy Ridley promotional train for Ophelia has left the station. <laughs> and so she's asked all about Star Wars. Yeah, we like I don't want to be I don't want to be too aggressive or or finger waggy. It's not what we try to do here at Force Center. But a lot of times you see these news stories and little bits and, and pieces get pulled for use in other people's campaigns of what they yeah. think. Um, so while we don't want to do that, I, I can't deny there's this great interview with Vulture. Uh, Daisy Ridley, uh, Daisy Ridley, talking about Ophelia, and of course, it, it's going to get to Star Wars. It always does, even though the PR people say, "Please don't ask about Star Wars," or only <laughs> ask one question. 
you know what's going to happen. So there's a lot of things in here. I'll, I'll run down the list and we can dive in here. She talked about the new hug scene with Carrie Fisher that we've all seen in the teaser trailer. Described that scene as similar emotionally to the one in Force Awakens. Uh, just says uh, it's not a million miles away from what uh, the original scene is. Uh, Carrie whispered in her ears, this is a effing long hug. <laughs> um, typical Carrie. Uh, she described episode nine as satisfying and an end, which we're hearing a lot of. And again, despite some of the clickbait clickbait headlines, and there's a lot of stuff coming out, so this isn't just specifically to this one. She said she's, uh, she never says she's done with Star Wars. Uh, we, uh, she mentions, uh, she denies the rumor of being in Ryan Johnson's trilogy that's come out in other interviews. But in this particular one, she doesn't talk about being done like I'm walking away and I hate this stuff like I'm seeing yeah. a lot of places. Joseph, that's the kind of the headlines of the headline. Uh, what do you feel? Uh, what are some of your points, your favorite points of this stuff here? I had two big reactions to this one, and mm-hmm. one of them kind of bleeds to the general uh, Ophelia Daisy Ridley <laughs> press coverage. Uh, the the one about the new scene, so we know that this footage mm-hmm. of that hug is from Force Awakens. This in some ways is the juiciest just actual Star Wars news mm. fun speculation thing. Yeah. Because if she is saying the scene that it has been repurposed for in The Rise of Skywalker isn't that different from Force Awakens, mm. there are only so many opportunities in the narrative of The Force Awakens for Leia and Rey to have hugged and had a conversation of some kind. Mm. So it really starts to help you be able to speculate on the context because probably has to be before she's leaving at the end yeah. to go find Luke with Chewie. Mm-hmm. So if not that much has changed, it really makes me think that the spirit of that scene was in Force Awakens and is going to be in The Rise of Skywalker. Don't worry. I sense who you are. Mm. I sense that you're on the right path. You've got this. You know, yeah. I trust you. I believe in you. Go go do it. Like, Because what would Leia say to Rey? And I mean, yeah. emotionally, that's feels like what is happening when they have a just nonverbal yeah, hug yeah. in Q, The Force yeah, Awakens. Yeah. So, and, and that would make sense why it got cut, but why it would have power in a different context. It, I mean, it's almost to a spoiler warning point, and this is yeah. we're, we're diving in here, but uh, I can, I'm can i already starting to put the context together, which you don't, we won't do, but, but you can't help but do that, and it, but it gets me excited. Yeah. That the Carrie Fisher's inclusion uh, in this story is going to have purpose yeah the power to it. it yeah i mean it 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 fuels into what i suspect and maybe i'm uh, i think i'm speculating responsibly but that it really <laughs> it really is going to be an emotional scene of leia sending ray and the rest of the resistance off on right. the most important mission yeah yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Talks a lot about Adam Driver. Describes him as hulking, <laughs> sulking. I think sulking or skulking, skulking, skulking uh, implies something <laughs> negative. But yeah, hulking and hulking skulking. and skulking. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, the other big thing that struck me in in Vulture in particular that mm-hmm. final question uh, where she is asked about coming back. I, I would just say for anybody to just you know use the power of Star Wars, what you learn from it, which is a certain point of view and just put yourself in Daisy Ridley's shoes that she is a young actor Mm -hmm. thrust into a massive thing that no one can even truly comprehend what it is, that amount of pressure and attention until you're in the middle of it. Yeah. And to me, she is saying the most honest, relatable, straightforward. This one we're really focused on. It's the end. It's the end. I'm not saying I never want to do it because People always come back, but there are other mm-hmm. characters who have stories to tell. So right now I can't imagine it, but who knows? Who knows? Like 
that's all the just most reasonable, honest, straightforward. I just don't think there's anything juicy mm-hmm. to find in what she is repeatedly saying. Of basically, she's just saying, "Hey, it's it's the end of the Skywalker saga. It's the end of this trilogy. It's the end of my character." Yeah, Ryan Johnson's movies in the in Dan and Dave's movies don't have anything to do with the Skywalker saga or existing oh. characters. So of course I wouldn't be in that. And yeah, maybe in 2038 (laughs) I will return, but you know, I haven't made those plans right now. (laughs) It's nothing about hating star Wars. It's nothing about it's, it's the most just relatable, honest, straightforward answer to that question. It's not star Wars is dead and I hate it. It, it, Yeah. It it felt like it ends. I don't know what will happen in how, in however many years there's so many characters in the star Wars world who've never been explored. There's so much for the filmmakers to work on. So right now, I don't think so. But who could say, really, an opportunity might present itself? How can you read that and see that? And put out, I mean, I know how, yeah. I know why, but it just, it does, like I said, we, we try not to go down that negative path there, unfortunately. I just can't help uh, when you see some of this stuff and, and you read it. Yeah, and I think she's even, gonna be all right. even even if it's not somebody who who is on the internet with a really strong anti-Last Jedi Ryan Johnson agenda and is trying to, you know, spin things that people say, even if it's not as sort of uh, uh, angry as that, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we, as deep Star Wars fans, just have to take a step back and realize an actor in a Star Wars movie is, yeah. in many ways, much closer to Star Wars and much farther away. Daisy right. Ridley is not, you know, obsessing on the uh, SDCC collectibles like we're going to in just a moment. <laughs> she is an actor. Yeah. She did a job that she was passionate about, and now she's not, doesn't have that job anymore. <laughs> and, that's, and there's. Yeah. There's nothing insidious there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The the train rolled on. She was on Good Morning America and uh, talks, uh, I thought, a lot of interesting things about the about the film itself. The ending of Episode Nine. she described as emotional for the cast and the crew. That I thought was a really cool note. Not surprising. Yeah. But, yeah, most of the same crew works on these films. And, yeah. And uh, th- this felt satisfying for all of them. As a as a as experience as a job, yeah, I think that's beautiful because obviously it's the same cast and crew. Uh, it sounds like for all of the Skywalker, the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. but a lot of these people have also crossed over into Rogue One and Solo. So for a lot of people, this is the a, the end or a pause in a yeah. really long journey, and then also the weight of knowing that this is the end of what started in 1977. Yeah, and I'm a part of it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy yeah. when you put it that way. It's a long time. <laughs> it's a long, <laughs> a long time. time. And the pressure to do it. and Effing long time, as Gary would say. Yeah, <laughs> she would say, <laughs> I'm still doing it. Um, uh, she describes the movie again as a satisfying ending and mentions the movie references all nine films. Now, mm. this has been an interesting, you know, again, phantom quotes, quotes that you can take and find or dig. Or the, the, the J- I, I don't recall ever seeing the exact quote of J.J. Abrams going, this will wrap up. Every little detail of nine films, but they'll definitely, it's wrapping up the Skywalker saga, obviously, uh, but references all nine films. How deep are you diving into that, Joseph? I think, again, from Daisy Ridley's perspective, I don't think she knows that, oh, that thing in the corner is a Kaminoan saber dart. So, like, I think that kind of nerdy reference might be in there, but I'm, I think, right. and I think this is a great thing, that the baked into this story is dealing with the baggage of the entire Skywalker saga. So what the Republic was, how it fell, what the role of the Jedi was then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Rey 
you know, find some holocron of Anakin and there's something just explicit mm-hmm. uh, like that to really connect. And obviously Palpatine's presence connects all of them. So I think she's, my guess is that she and the movie are talking in broader terms. Right. Yeah, that makes exactly your point of, again, she, she's not waiting in line at Galaxy's Edge. And, yeah. you know, some people, like if John Boyega might be, you know, he is clearly <laughs> a fan. And, and yeah. Um, I always say I don't need my actors to be super uber fans, but but what that means in all the in this context, exactly what you said is like the, the nine films will be representative, not 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 like the son of Watu <laughs> show up there. Um, but it's interesting that it, 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 if it's that kind of uh, obvious in a way that 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 just she's like yeah yeah, yeah. you know references nine films yeah and I That's wonder if cool. it is just like explicitly like they are being made aware as characters in the movie like mm-hmm. y- you are what's next and we haven't been able to figure out balance you know in a lot right. of ways for decades yeah what can you do well can, you're up yeah. <laughs> you're next uh, and again when asked about Ray and future stories uh, she says and I'm just taking this little quote here I mean who can tell <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so great because it's just so true. We still don't know if there's going to be a damn Kenobi movie, not even movie. Uh, hopefully, Disney Plus series. You know, yeah. Look, man, there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of things coming here. But I mean, it says it's just pretty clear. Uh, I even saw uh, too late to kind of add it into the rundown, Albert. But Mark Hamill tweeted out that thing about his uh, Dabu Skay character. Oh yeah, and how he said, "Oh, I was it was doing mocap and I was up against <laughs> a large orange ball." I, I haven't followed up on the story. Uh, by the time this airs, maybe maybe he clarified it. But I was like, oh, he's joking. And then I've started to see articles about Mark Hamill explains more on the process. So I don't know. Maybe it is real. Maybe he did mocap it. I don't believe he did. Uh, yeah, um, no, I think he was joking. He was joking because he was up against a big, giant orange ball that was supposed <laughs> to be BB-8. And then I saw articles about Mark Hamill uses Twitter to explain like, oh, there's there's part of the problem. <laughs> there's part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, of part of the problem, Thrawn. <laughs> Thrawn is part Ooh. of the problem. Uh, we got our first expert for excerpt from uh, Thrawn Treason, the uh, new book from Timothy Zahn, uh, book three. I'm saying in the, in the new Thrawn trilogy, who knows there'll be more. I'm sure he'd love to write more. Uh, it arrives July 23rd. And uh, the uh, clip, the Star Wars show kind of released it, and you got to, I listened to the audiobook version. I think because I'm just, I normally don't do it. Yeah, but now you're in it. Because of the Dooku thing, uh, which, as if you're listening last week, I sometimes lose my train of thought when I'm hearing the story. (laughs) Um, That happens a lot to me. But uh, we got what I'm describing as a business budget meeting with the Emperor Tarkin, Krennic, Thrawn, Grand Admiral Savet. Uh, or Savit, uh, Thrawn is, uh, is gonna, it looks like he's going to be helping Krennic with Operation Stardust <laughs> Problems. Um, uh, so far, with Thrawn, as it goes into this third book, I want to start there, Joseph, with this new yeah. story. Like, where are we at with, where are you at, more specifically, with the Thrawn novels right now? What's your anticipation level for this? You know, Thrawn, the, the whole Thrawn series, like I've said before, it's like, you know, sometimes when you're a kid, you have foods that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And then when you're an adult, you're like, I'll try that again. And you're like, this isn't my favorite. But it's strangely exotic and interesting to me. Like, I, d- I guess I like mushrooms. You're, that's how I feel. you my life with mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, that's like the Thrawn are my mayonnaise. Yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 I think that, uh, that uh, Timothy Zahn, uh, it's always hard to not accidentally call him yes. Thrawn himself. Timothy Zahn, Zanarunudu, uh, that's not how you say it. Uh, he's, he's more of a sci-fi than a fantasy author to me, and he right. loves the technical details down to th- most of this passage. Yes. Most of this excerpt is mm. Thrawn analyzing the facial muscles yes, <laughs> of yeah. interesting Star Wars characters. And there's a part of me that finds that absurd. There's a part of me that finds, like, 
I'm not. Yeah, you know, actually, I do like that. Uh, yeah. it's, it's not. It's not the thing that I would seek out, but yeah. since it exists, I'm in. I'm really enjoying it. I, I still, yeah, the books, even more than *Air of the Empire*, because there's so many other bigger characters in the in those books. These books are Thrawn. <laughs> They're these slow, methodical books. Yeah, and not not they have not always been my favorite, but. Uh, I really do love the character of Thrawn. I love Zahn's understanding and how he, I think he really has done a great job of moving Thrawn, just like they did on Star Wars Rebels, of moving Thrawn into this modern era of Star Wars. So one of the things this does is the first book, you've kind of got the inner workings of kind of the Imperial ranks and the Academy and the training and the behind and the scenes. dealing with the xenophobia in particular, which yes. I really like. All that stuff going on in that one. The second one, uh, it builds and builds into kind of a big reveal, uh, kind of an Order 66 preview, and just kind of, uh, it's done a really good job with the inner workings, and this business meeting is another example. <laughs> it's absolutely a business meeting. I think part of what I like it is I, it, he, he has made me really like this version of the character of Thrawn, yeah. somebody who has mixed loyalties and is this brilliant tactician. Yeah. But I love that these books touch really interesting parts of canon, and there's a part of me that feels like uh, it's it's absurd that I'm enjoying a what is a pretty straightforward business meeting. Yeah. And uh, this is a spoiler for the actual excerpt if you tune out for 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it. But that what they're discussing is there are supply problems because a large cousin of the Minox are like this is a meeting from the highest echelon of the empire, including the emperor himself <laughs> to talk about pest control. This is like uh, when we owned my house in Minneapolis, there was a raccoon that lived in our chimney. Yeah. And it's like the whole empire is having a meeting about that. And there's a part of me like, this is so, but it's so on it. This, that's what it is. It's so yeah. honest from Zahn's perspective that he values mm-hmm. the minutiae and so does the character of Thrawn. So that sh- should feel absurd, but instead it feels really engaging because we're going to learn a lot about all these characters mm-hmm. that I love. Krennic in particular. I'm so stoked to hear mm-hmm. Zahn uh, uh, write Krennic. Really excited about that and, and, the, and the tension between, you know, Operation Stardust and then the def- TIE Defender, Defender stuff. program, yeah. So tied into Rebels, yeah. Yeah, what is this way between season three and four, I believe it's roughly? I, I forget Yeah, that. yeah. Time from, so it's fascinating. Um, we know next up, unless Zahn writes a story about Thrawn within season four, you know, we got Zahn, uh, uh, there, I did it, yeah. Thrawn. In the unknown regions, it'd be interesting if they were able, ever to let him tackle that. Thrawn colon Purgles. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Final story of this week, uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2019, right around the corner. Uh, this is going to be the first year in a long time that I'm missing it in full. I might be down for a day, so that seems kind of weird. Uh, I, I think you're going to be same boat, right? You're yeah, not heading I, down I, there I'm decided to give it uh, a pass. I'm going to do some couch con. CouchCon will be good, so which that means Joseph and I will not get our hands on the Star Wars <laughs> exclusives. There's like, a lot of them out there. We, would, we wouldn't if we were there anyway. That's so. true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, StarWars.com uh, released all of these, and there's a lot. We'll just kind of run through some here. Uh, I apologize for the, the quick run-through on it there, but we've got these uh, Acme Archive posters, the Echo, cool. Echo Base Root Beer. I do <laughs> like stuff like that. We got a uh, Macquarie kind of inspired design of a uh, Sand Trooper concept bust. $120 gets you that bust wow. there. Wow. We've got some T-shirts. Um, I, I've, I've reached my fill of, of Star Wars t-shirts that are too, that's Star Wars. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know what you, I mean? You need a little twist. I t- I'm kind of getting to that point. Uh, the, the Funko Pops, the, the green chrome Funko Pops of Boba Fett and Yoda. 
Uh, does this Yoda to to me, Joseph? Does it look a, a lot like uh, Mel Brooks in uh, Spaceballs? It looks like Mel Brooks, and it also looks like some sort of uh, cult artifact that Indiana Jones would try to find. It's very weird when they do the the all one color things. They look like they look like ancient idols. Yes, bow down to yeah. the Funko Pops. <laughs> uh, I'm just running down the list. Uh, please stop me, Joseph, if you want to dive into something that uh, we got the hallmark wild ride on Endor keepsake ornament. Ornament. Stop. stop. That's the one I'm most excited about. That's the one I want to find on eBay or see if it's. 40 bucks will get you pop blue on a speeder bike. Yeah, even back in the dark times when I wasn't as sure about the Ewoks, I loved this moment with pop blue, and yeah. I really want, in the fact that it's called a wild ride on Endor. <laughs> I want to follow that's like a rough night on Endor with the <laughs> drunk chirpa. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love this. Mm-hmm. Just flying along on the speeder bike, you know, and it, hanging that from the tree. Like some of the things you hang from the tree of like, yeah, right. yay, it's the holidays. Here's the Death Star 2. That's dark. Uh, <laughs> but this, the Paplu yeah. racing on a speeder bike, hanging from your Christmas tree. Beautiful. You got to celebrate that. You got to celebrate that. Uh, you got the uh, the chewy bandoliers with the little uh, itty bitties <laughs> carry. Yeah, uh, the figures we we love those figures. Uh, Hasbro, Ooh, yeah. we got the special action figure set there. We got Stormtrooper disguise Luke, X-wing pilot Luke, and Jedi Knight Luke. Yeah, that three pack looks awesome. All in one pack. Yeah, a Boba Fett kind of um, designed a lot like the original Kenner. Uh, these kind of all. It's uh, a um, yeah larger black series with the original with paint paint job. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, very vibrant. Yellow and green, no no rocket launcher coming from the back straight <laughs> into your throat there. And then a, a prototype edition of Darth Vader. This is Darth Vader with a red arm, orange arm, blue chest, <laughs> red head, uh, uh, yellow lightsaber, black cape wrapped around like a bathrobe. Yeah. A special edition. You can check that out there. We got some uh, 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 Born to Rebel Queen Amidala pre-order kind of porcelain creations. Nice. I like that. Uh, the Oh, and you just did an episode of your Obsessed podcast on little cars, Hot yeah, Wheels. Yeah, the Hot Wheel character yeah. cars, yeah. Well, you got the mouse droid. Yeah. Just the mouse droid. It just is a mouse droid. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a lar- I like to imagine it's large. I'm going to get that it's one. Giant, I'll yeah. find that one at a 7-Eleven near me. <laughs> uh, Mattel's got some mouse droid. Uh, that, oh, that's Mattel. Uh, monogram, got some character bag clips. Got a fancy watch. Uh, you got to get your watch. Uh, three, so much. $350. Uh, rolling down here. Uh, we got a door knocker. Yeah, you want to. <laughs> what, uh, what is that shape like? Uh, or? Jabba's uh, Deus Gargoyle Magnet Door Knocker. Oh, wow. Oh, wait. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. That, what is. This is. Oh, no. Yeah, no. That is. Okay. That is the door. Regal Robots putting that one out. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got Han and Carbonite, a blaster. Uh, these are the expensive ones. The Medal of Yavin, seventy-five dollars. Yeah. Someday I do want an actual medal. That's not bad. Seventy-five, 75 is not, is not that bad. bad. Uh, Completing our list here, we got some good drinking uh, pint glasses. I like that Mos Eisley one a lot. It's got yeah, Mos Eisley Trading Company, uh, Shipping and Salvage, Skywalker and Son, Land Speeder Service and Repair. Those ones I get torn about. Like I know I I, I know yeah. a lot about, but when they're sort of like so out of canon, yeah, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I know what you mean. If it was like a Lars, you know, moisture farm, like uh, our water's the wettest you'll find. Like, I don't know what it, you know. <laughs> yes. I want some in-canon businesses. I want in-canon jokes. I'm definitely interested in the Stance uh, socks. I have not uh, taken that deep dive into Stance socks, but they got some great Star Wars socks. Oh, yeah. And I'm starting to get a lot more of those. Um, it was good enough for the Prime Minister of Canada. It's good enough for me. Uh, <laughs> Rebels 2-pack, Empire 2-pack, and the Blueprint 4-pack. 100 bucks get you a Blueprint socks. 
Uh, those look pretty cool. Are um, they blueprints of of uh, X wings? Uh, looks like a Falcon. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, cool. Lambda class shuttle. I think it's hard wow. to see. It's on the ankle. Uh, a lot of those there. Final thing uh, here through this long list. Apologize for just reading this list. Uh, Star Wars decals and posters from Trends um, Trends International. Uh, some cool Star Wars stuff. There's uh, there's gonna be plenty more. Uh, her universe has some stuff. Uh, fan wraps, fist sun, heroes and villains, beeline creative. There's gonna be a lot there, which is part of the big draw of San Diego Comic. Yeah, getting the exclusives. They always they always find their way onto the internet, you know, and yes. sometimes even get reissued and all that. Uh, so Absolutely. I, I hold out hope for a wild ride on Endor. The one final one to see. I, I did see our, our friend Steel Saunders tweet out a kind of a question tweet today of uh, Comic Con for the last uh, you know a few years. They've had the Black Series kind of preview of the next movie coming out, right? Yeah. So we, you, you and I then got a hold of the Luke Ooh, yes, training yeah. Ray, uh, Jyn Ursa, the Stormtrooper, first door Stormtrooper is the first big one in 2015. That hasn't been announced yet. It would Ooh. make sense there'd be something. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And so, since we've seen some of the costumes of the major characters, we could get a nice Ray. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe a Ray and Kylo two-pack. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Kylo with fixed helmet. It's going to be Claude. <laughs> Claude, come on, Claude. And that is the news. A lot in there. Sorry for just reading the list, uh, but uh, that's uh, what's out there and what's coming. So what do you want? Let us know what you're going to get at San Diego Comic-Con 2019. Before we dive into the main story, Joseph, we got a Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. That is right. We always try to match it with the main topic of the show, and we're talking about 3PO and R2, and I kind of looked over my bookshelf and was like, where did 3PO and R2 actually get featured a lot, and in something that isn't a novelization, and I realized I think it's The Legends of Luke Skywalker by Ken Liu. Yeah. So we got a lot of R2 traveling with Luke, and we have that one particular story where 3PO and R2 are, are rescued yes. by Luke. Uh, so that, as we've said many times, that book has some stories that we're not on board with, some stories we love, and it's overall just a really interesting look at what Luke may or may not have been up to mm-hmm. for many years. So go listen to that uh, on us, The Legends of Luke Skywalker. Absolutely. It's download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. Force. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Center is diving into the galaxy's favorite droids today. We are talking about C-3PO and R2-D2. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, we uh, we love these characters as fans. Uh, they've been uh, popular for the entire time that Star Wars has been popular. Um, but droids, as L3, L7 will tell you, sometimes get pushed to the back. So today, <laughs> R2-D2 and C-3PO are in the spotlight. Let's start at the beginning, as we like to do, Joseph. Uh, our initial feelings about these two characters uh, growing up. And then we'll, of course, get to the, the now. The now, yeah. I think for me, growing up, I always liked them. Yeah. Uh, I think I related to R2. I think you're kind of meant to because yeah. he's the one who's on a mission, has agenda, is a little mysterious, and is a little bit more uh, proactive and, and gets things done. And mm. a little bit more of the comedy comes from mm. 3PO. Uh, so I, I related to R2. But when I think back at them uh, being of the generation that was alive during the original trilogy, how much just seeing them was exciting, partially because of them by themselves, but more because they were symbols of Star Wars. Yeah. Like back in the day, there were times where they had they were on a commercial. Mm -hmm. So that's the only Star Wars you were going to see on the screen is if three point R2 were in a commercial mm-hmm. or if you saw, you know, a, a Dixie cup and it had them on it, you know, you, you get really, really yes. excited because it's any star Wars at all. That's a great point because 
even Star Tours, uh, you know, Galaxy's Edge is taking the lead now, but there yeah. was a point in time where Star Tours was the thing, man. You'd go yeah. there and you feel like you're in Star Wars. Well, who were the characters that were there talking yeah. to us? 3PO and R2. While you're uh, queuing there in line, just having some comedy yeah. moments and everything. Um, you're absolutely right. They were, uh, I'm thinking the Muppet Show. Yeah, yeah, Mark Hamill did show up. Yep, yeah. absolutely. But R2 and 3PO were there. Yeah, and they're, you know prominent in in the holiday special (laughs) that's true and hey anthony daniel's never shy about continuing to voice the character which i actually really love we can we can poke a little fun at anthony daniels because he's a big showman he loves kind of being over top on panels we have uh you know poked a little fun at him but i love that he's a very protective of this character. Oh, yeah. It's like, why would I ever n- not want to do 3PO? Please. Yeah. Yes. Anything. Does somebody need a voicemail? Yeah. Uh, give me 50 bucks. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think he's actually offering that, but maybe. Yet. Yeah. Look for him on Cameo. Yeah. So I, I, I really, really liked R2. I really related mm-hmm. to him, uh, but they're just so much symbols. Uh, they're on so much merch. Mm-hmm. And, and they, yeah, I can't emphasize enough that that, you know, that point of view of in that time, sometimes they were the only Star Wars you would see. Yeah. I did not collect a lot of the figures. Still to this day, don't. I, I, I uh, 3PO and R2, I, I have 20 different Hans, 20 different Lukes. <laughs> um, and that's part partially because you're going to get the same version. Uh, though I do love uh, the Break Apart 3PO. That's yes. one of my all-time favorite toys. Absolutely. Absolutely, indeed, with that that pack on, on Chewbacca. But I just, I, uh, growing up, I did enjoy them, but I just, it wasn't part of my collecting habits and my act. I wasn't actively interested in these characters. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a weird, I mean, did you, did, were you on, the whole time you're a fan, did you like, did you put them in a little corner like I did? Yes. R2 a little less. Yeah. But still, yes, because I think, you know, we're going to get a little bit mm-hmm. into this about, you know, why George began with them, but mm-hmm. I think it is because they're the perspective characters. Yeah. And I mean, there's the, if, you know, if, especially if you're a little bit younger and you're into the, the, the wish fulfillment and the fantasy. Yes. Han's got a blaster and he flies, flies the fastest ship in the galaxy. And Luke Skywalker has a lightsaber and princess Leia has a blaster. And like they're the heroes. Right. And the droids are like, just kind of taking care of business. <laughs> you know, they're, they're uh, complaining a little, flying things yeah. around. Like you get older and you appreciate a little bit more of what they do and what they contribute. But I think there is mm-hmm. a little less of that fantasy wish fulfillment for them when you're young. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if 3PO's shooting a bowcaster around episode nine. Yeah. <laughs> Might change the opinion. Maybe he finally gets his moment. So you did mention now, looking back, you you, you obviously, we all, we, you're going to get a deeper appreciation for a lot of characters and things in Star Wars. You mentioned yeah. Ewoks earlier. Um, have you found yourself growing, uh, your appreciation growing in them more, their place in the story? Yeah, yeah. Um, just in general, but also like in the last couple years, really looking at them because uh, like studying for the Schmodown Star Wars trivia contests, yeah. the number of 3PO lines that just wash over me but mm. is, is amazing when you sit down and go like, all right, I, I might be asked about this line and I know the spirit of what 3PO says, but kind of like the actual characters, Unless it's a specific famous line, yeah, I don't hear exactly what three PO says, and that so that's been fascinating to me, because yeah. uh, the spirit of what he's saying is often like, "You're stupid, R two. Uh, listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't anybody listen to me? I'm right. This is awful, right. Right. you know." But th- so getting into the specifics of what he said, mm-hmm. um, all of the storytelling in uh, modern canon that is growing the idea of droids being sentient and maybe all of our organic characters being a little culpable and not fully appreciating how sentient they are mm. really makes me reflect on our original droids. 
Yes. So if you're go- if you're going like, yeah, droids should be treated a little bit differently, you start really looking at mm-hmm. how yeah. often 3PO is told to shut up. How often is 3PO right? Mm-hmm. Um, all those kind of things. So, uh, and then uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit later too, but yeah. R2 not having his mind wiped, yep. his memory wiped, changes the character in, in fascinating ways that we'll, we'll talk about. We're so, absolutely going to dive in. Yeah, so there's, there's I think it's important. Yeah, some of my, my growth moments, uh, yeah. but what, what about you? I, I look back and I, look, I love Empire for a lot of reasons, but I, I love Han and 3PO's relationship. But you're <laughs> right, it is this... It's, it's, we're gonna talk about it again a little bit more here, but it's like an abusive relationship. <laughs> and Han, it's it's Han is uh, rah, rah, rah. Uh, he might be right. I mean, how many times? You know, so you start to yeah appreciate a little bit more. Uh, R two definitely the mind wipe thing makes me just I just love this uh, this character's use in the story. I just love. I think it's a great statement from George in a way. I, I, and that's no proof. Yeah, just looking into it there. But I, I definitely enjoy them a lot more. I miss them a lot more. We can talk about the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, where, where, yeah, three PO um, wasn't my favorite growing up. I, I, I love again, so, like you said earlier, they're everywhere, so they are Star Wars. To yeah, me. and I, I had three PO yeah. action figures, and I appreciated them. And in, yeah. in the you know late nineties, when the Power of the Forest line came out, I bought my three POs yeah. uh, and was excited about it. Uh, but yeah. I think there's something fascinating about how he how they fit into the story that makes yeah. us react to them in a certain way. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, and witnesses to history. The saga begins uh, in our galaxy, if you're watching episode four, as the, your first entry point. Uh, it begins with us meeting 3PO and R2 first, and, uh, you know, a silver protocol droid that veers off as we're going <laughs> down the hall. Um, why do we think George began with them? Probably pretty simple in terms of point of view characters, like you said earlier, but that's a, that's a pretty big choice. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think they're point of view characters. I think there's definitely, Lucas was playing from so many different genres of, I would say, like 30s, 40s, 50s. Mm-hmm. And they are, they're an old comedy duo. They're a yeah. bickering partnership like Laurel and Hardy. So I think there's part of it of like, that's part of their role. So I think, like I was talking about when you're a kid and you're like, dreaming of becoming a Jedi or a scoundrel mm-hmm. or, you know, leader of the rebellion, you're not necessarily geared to go like, I want to be the hardy <laughs> robot <laughs> in the, in the comedy duo, you know, like, cause that's what they are. Yeah. So there's that, there's a friendliness and there's an openness to being invited into star Wars by comedy yeah. and, and by a very classic form of comedy by 1977. Uh, but then, you know, when we were doing the, the, a new hope rewatch in the commentary, mm. How much, how vitally important it is to Star Wars that 3PO, in theory, he has this great comedy of, in theory, he has all this data, he knows all this stuff, but he's not paying great attention, he's totally ignorant of what's going on, he doesn't know what ship he's on, he doesn't know if the rebellion has really started, he thinks he's been in lots of battles, he doesn't know if he's been to this planet before, he doesn't know if he's walking the right direction, it's funny, and it also allows the audience to learn everything yes so it's yes. like in terms of your question of why do we start with them it's like because he's an exposition machine because yeah. he's ignorant and it's exactly the opposite of his job he's supposed yeah. to know things it's so funny they're doing what rick Oley did but uh, way better <laughs> way and more I subtly love yeah. rick Oley and ralph brown yeah you're absolutely right and i know there's some uh, inspiration from hidden fortress and there's some two similar characters i believe yeah. in that and and lucas probably under, understands like this is uh, this is something that works it's this we're in this strange new world uh so talking robots 
It's going to get you, oh, where are we going? But yeah, the comedy is so classic. I used to watch Laurel and Hardy on VHS growing up. Yeah. My parents said, here, put this in, kid. And I thought it was modern day TV almost at the time. We watched it so much. So I have an affinity for it. And it's just, yeah, it, 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 it never, to me, doesn't work, their relationship. Yeah, that dynamic is so great. Uh, yeah, and then I think R2 has, you know, in terms of starting with it, he's got this drive of he is trying to get something done yeah and because you don't know what he's saying you know he's swearing because we're told quite early uh he's dirty that yeah but he's got this mysterious mission so like the combination of 3po's ignorance so everybody so he can ask everyone around him what's actually happening uh and r2 is like no i know what's going on and there's something really important and really mysterious going on like just the yeah. amount of conversation the the fateful conversation at the Lars homestead dinner table during the blue milk yeah. is all motivated by r2 being on some mysterious mission it's true so he is i mean he's carrying the message of obi-wan but he's also carrying that mystery what? in story yeah if you're Owen Lars yeah. and, 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 and Brew White Sun Lars and you're sitting there and you, you, Luke starts talking about uh, this droid, he's talking about Kenobi. When we, when the scene cuts away, they they had to pick up the conversation of Brew. What is that droid? No. What droid is this? Is that is this a droid that showed up yeah. with Anakin? And then just left with 3PO, remember? <laughs> is this? It's got to be. Damn it. To begin it. <laughs> the same damn astromech. Damn it. I love, and I lo- actually, I love the new areas of headcanon that the prequels do take us in for this kind of thing. Uh, yeah, so many. Uh, in part because uh, the story does start with them, and we've always heard, and I think you can find some some more direct quotes. But just we're going here on the on the on the playground urban legend because those are those are some of my favorite things in Star Wars. Um, we got the legend that the the droids are the witnesses to the saga, so to speak. That George Lucas kind of says they're they're in a way telling the story. Yeah, uh, I don't know how you know exact that is even if george himself is saying it because george might just be putting some out there but we've grown up with this yeah it's one of those things you tell your friend do you know do you know <laughs> uh, wookies were, the ewoks are thought to be wookies not entirely true uh and this so do you do you, do you still believe do you like that legend where where are you at with the legend of the eyes of the droids i still believe i want to believe <laughs> you know I, there's power in it in the original trilogy because the first movie starts with them and with R2 having this knowledge and 3PO collecting this knowledge. Um, and then uh, we, we meet them early on in Empire and, and realize that they've been with our heroes uh, mm-hmm. all along. But also it, Jedi starts with them, yeah, you know, as well. So the, both of the original trilogy, uh, were very, they're the first of the heroes that we see, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it, it does continue to make sense. They're around for almost all of the important events mm-hmm. of the phantom menace but you get into larger canon and r2 records everything yes and he is holding actual knowledge of right the, yeah. the the history of the republic and the empire that he's downloaded and and how much stuff he's actually like voyeuristically for real recorded it, we got that in new canon how like yeah. Padme's like i've noticed he's always when i don't give him a specific <laughs> task he's standing around recording things he gets in Queen's Shadow. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. so he, R2 is literally recording in modern canon. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, more, but, like, 3PO for seeming like he's not a good listener, that storytelling moment in Return of the Jedi where he is, mm-hmm. he's telling the story, yeah. and he is hitting the right beats to communicate what he needs to to the Ewoks. It makes you think, like, oh, well, 
maybe he's not always the best listener. He doesn't get how organics really interact mm-hmm. with one another, but he's he's interpreting the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, we're we're going to do a Star Wars rank this week, and, and that factors into some of my uh, talking points. Yeah, just yeah. Just like the storytelling of 3PO there. Yeah, I, and I, it, it made me think of you, when you're talking the, the deleted scene of Finn and BB-8, where BB-8 shows Finn the scene of Rag. That's great. Why did you tape that? Why did you record that? Yeah. <laughs> tape, I still say tape. Look, I was raised in the 80s with VHS. Um, yeah, I, for my, I, I love the idea, and it does work, especially, you're right. Um, Star Wars New Hope, got it. And probably a little different, but Return of the Jedi, it is definitely like they're these two guys, little bumbling fools heading up to the palace. And they're back to it. Like, 3 doesn't even know what what's going on. Like, yeah. he's got some things factually incorrect. Like, you know, yeah. Lando and Chewbacca never came back from here. Okay, but no, but Chewbacca hasn't come here yet, 3 yeah. but And R2 obviously knows the plan of like, yeah, yeah. Hey, don't worry, I got a lightsaber in my head. Don't worry about it. You just can't tell, uh, 3PO. Although <laughs> uh, he does get his due... I love it. I love it. But uh, with Ewoks uh, worshiping him, that, 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 is, uh, yeah. that is one of my favorite moments, actually, in the franchise. That guy's wise. Uh, let's dive into it here. The memory wipe. Uh, we got the revelation at the end of Revenge of the Sith that R2's memory wasn't wiped. Protocol droid, yeah, you're done. Uh, reform your memories there, kid. Um, but uh, R2, and I remember in the theater, man, that hits. I was like, ha ho! Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, asked to leave the robe of my friends here. So uh, just how'd you feel about that revelation then? And of course, we have to get into what is the change of the original trilogy? For yeah, us? I like I love it. I, I, yeah. It makes it richer. That contrast between 3PO is the ignorant one and R2 is the knowing one gets even more uh, intriguing and <laughs> cruel that 3PO's <laughs> memory is, is wiped. And it, it yeah. speaks to both of their characters. It speaks to 3PO, not under like knowing the technical rules yeah but not understanding the nuances which like that gets to me like such deep themes of star wars of the flowing in the organic versus mm-hmm. the rigid like yes. Supio knows all the rules but he would never ever know not to blurt out mm-hmm. well of course your sister is is you know or like how how is uh, young uh, princess yeah. leia amidala doing oh my i didn't mean to like <laughs> he's going to do that right yes he would r2 either doesn't see mm-hmm. organics that way or just knows or Bale can just, which is one of my favorite head cannons, like Bale can just lean down on him and he's like, I need you to know everything you know. I yeah. can't just technically, mm-hmm. factually, I can't wipe it from you because you're an asset. Yeah. But you may never speak to anyone can't. about who Leia really is. Not even her brother. If you, I, I don't think yeah. you'd be that forward thinking, but yeah. like that to me is one of the fun head cannon of like mm-hmm. R2 and Luke, quickly become best friends and partners. Why is Archie not bleeping and booping? By the way, Leia's your sister. Like, well, because maybe Bale just said, for her safety, do not ever beep this. Yeah, <laughs> do not ever beep this. No, I love, I absolutely love what you're saying. I, I, I This is why the moment works on a lot of levels for me. I, I do think it was, it just kind of works on a little, <laughs> kind of joke, uh, which maybe at the time in 25, at 2005, as I was excited as I was, I was like, oh, that was funny. Yeah. I still, uh, I, I even wrote about that. I, I think George was kind of going, I think you overlooked this guy. I think you thought this little blue and white little trash can was just a comedy. No. No. R2 had all this going down. And I love that George, who kind of never cares about his own canon or yours, <laughs> is uh, came back and made this point. And it just, it made... It made a lot of R2's moments. Some of them, yeah, you do question. Yoda, Dagobah, like... Yeah, he's been there before. He was, you know, took a trip there with Yoda, but... 
he knows Yoda. Like, yeah. so I'm like, and my head cannon becomes valuable. I'm like, he just, Arthur's just got to be really effing annoyed. I think he is. And I, I think actually the original trilogy tracks really well. When you look at exactly where, and I'm not making any argument that Lucas intended this. I, I oh, think, yeah. No, no, no. You know, yeah. R2's beeps are just where they were for flavor and context. Uh, uh, but if you look at him now, you can plug in really fun dialogue, especially like, you know, yeah. all the Obi-Wan stuff. And like, don't seem to ever remember it. Owning a droid and bloop, bloop, bloop. Like, uh, like <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. Technically, you didn't own me, Obi-Wan. But yeah. you, you know me. Uh, and you know, when he's getting the lightsaber out and your father wanted you to have this, R2's like, well, well. <laughs> no, that if you go back, you know, you mentioned we did the, the new hope, uh, watch along, which you guys can uh, check out on YouTube. Uh, if you want to go to the force on YouTube page, there is, uh, yeah, you're right. Alec Guinness is not a, you know, he's not playing some, uh, you know, beat where Lucas is like, all right, so here's the thing. You owned a droid called R4P1. <laughs> no, no, uh, we understand that. But it it's not a, it's not a giant leap. He he gives a sideways glance to R two. He does. That is like this like now is it now is this happening now? Okay, like I can't believe you're back. Yeah, uh, damn it. Uh, you know it's I you can play around with the Chewbacca one a little bit. I I do. There's a part of me that's amused by the idea that at, at the cantina Chewbacca's like, hey, what's up? Good to see you again. <laughs> like, it's like how's Yoda? <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, uh, but with R2, yeah, all the way through. Yeah, and even even when he's Yoda's first encountering uh, Luke and uh, R2 on Dagobah, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe R2 either thinks, oh, he's pulling a trick on Luke, or did he lose his his little Jedi marbles? What's, yeah. you know, what's going on? Like, yeah. it, it all still tracks to me and only makes it more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of fun, and I think, I think it's... Uh, uh, it really just elevates this character of R2 to this hero status. You talk to our buddy Mark Ellis, he'll tell you that's the that's the most important hero in all of Star Wars. <laughs> and there's a lot of little moments where R2 absolutely saved the day. He saves. And he knows things. I'm sure he's sitting there watching Luke kiss his sister on Hoth and just going, beep, 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 like, <laughs> no. So that's uh, one of the fascinating things about the character on, on the C-3PO side. He's often insulted, abused, and made the butt of jokes by all of our favorite characters. People we look up to, Joseph, <laughs> treat C-3PO really bad. But let's give him his due. Uh, what are some of the things, that you, the good things that 3PO brings to the story? In character, out of show, uh, out of story, 3PO. Yeah. What's he deserve? I, I think one of my favorites is that he reinforces some of the themes that are more explicit in Luke's Force journey, like mm. the the... Oh, should I use the targeting computer? No, it's a rigid mechanical thing that won't work. Relax, mm-hmm. be flowing and in, in natural, uh, you know. And Threepo just reinforces that in such fun comedy ways where, like, yeah. he wants to tell Han the odds. And, like, never tell me the odds is a great comedy line, but it's also, like, uh, you don't understand. I need to cling to this belief that I can somehow make it through or I'm just going to fly into an asteroid right yeah. now. So just don't, you know? <laughs> so I, I feel like he's this great comedy uh, presentation of rigidity and it's where so much of the great uh, comedy comes from. And I think another great bit of comedy that he delivers is think of how much he elevates our hero's bravery mm-hmm. when he's always saying like, you know, surrender is a perfectly reasonable, like <laughs> alternative, like he's always just wanting to, or like, it's I'm great. sure maybe they'll go easy on it. Like it's great. And he always thinks they're not going to be able to do it. He always thinks they shouldn't even try, you know, and you thought it was beautiful here. Like everything about him is just like you coward. <laughs> and it's funny, but it also just elevates like, yeah, never tell me the odds is the greatest Han Solo line ever. That's absolutely teed up and impossible without C-3PO. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Just in terms of how the scenes work, uh, it, it, it always does work. Yeah, we're kind of having a little fun and breaking down. I mean, it's true. Han kind of abuses him there eventually. He, uh, he died, emotionally. Yeah, through to Poe to yeah. Leia just straight up turns him off. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Leia shuts him off. Poe's not, yeah. So uh, that's there. But yeah, I, I love what you're saying there. One of my favorite three, 3PO moments is at the end of New Hope. He spends this entire movie arguing with uh, R2-D2, like uh, like Waldorf and Statler, uh, yeah. like uh, an old married couple. Here they are. They're <laughs> arguing, they're arguing, they're arguing. But when R2 is is destroyed and comes down, what's the first thing 3PO says? I will give you any parts it takes. Any circuits or gears. Any yeah. circuits or gears. They're yours. Take it. This is my buddy. Yeah. And I think that's that's pretty admirable and one of the sweetest moments in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, absolutely. And, and seeing R2 take care of 3PO in Empire Strikes yes. Back, like that's a priority for him. You You're know. absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I think that is an underrated uh, moment of R2, too. Yeah, let's get, let's get you put back together. Let's get your dignity back, you know? <laughs> Come on, you're hopping around here. Uh, but I got to go save the day and fix a hyperdrive. Uh, thank the maker. 20 years later, uh, how does Anakin rebuilding 3PO feel now? In 1999, it was revealed that Darth Vader, little Annie, rebuilt him. He didn't build him. 3PO did exist before. Uh, he kind of found him, and and uh, uh, Anakin kind of uh, refurbished him and ha- wasn't done with the reboot. Yeah. Um, that was a big decision. I, I was mixed on it then. Sometimes might be mixed on it now. What are your thoughts on Annie being the maker? Yeah, I think I, I was unsure about it at the time. Now I just, I, I don't care about the reasons I didn't like it at the time. I yes. think I had that, like a lot of us at the time, I had that laundry list in my head of like what was acceptable connections between the character and didn't want too many things to be connected. And mm-hmm. now, especially since they have followed up on it so little. Yeah. To me, it, it, there's some funny scenes in Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. So I like it for that. We, we talked about last week, that point of view shot of Anakin going, yes. <laughs> I'll tell mom not to sell you. Bye. <laughs> so you, you start right away. Like Anakin was never deeply emotionally attached. Yes. You know, yes. though he eventually ends up, uh, you know, having a bond, you know, with, uh, with, with R2. But since they haven't followed up on it, in a way, it does add to sort of the sadness of losing the kindness of Anakin mm-hmm. to Vader. Like, why? How? How would that make a dent in Vader's emotions? Mm. You know, yeah. to see this protocol droid he, he built for his mom. Like, maybe he just sort of resent it because it reminds him of his mom. Yeah. Um, but there's that side of it. But there's also just the really plays into the taking droids for granted, mm. and even some mm. of the stuff with like Owen going like, "Is this the same protocol droid? I don't yeah. know." They. They have, <laughs> they're all the same, and they get their armor switched out. Yeah, not the armor, but their their coverings. Their yeah. covering. They get their coverings switched out. You know, like coverings so, and all. Yeah. And nobody listens to C three PO. Whole time. Yeah. So, like, I mean, on that's part of what this rich story of them being second class citizens of the galaxy mm-hmm. of three in in the, the just the sadness of three PO being forgettable. Yeah. Even though we from the outside know, like, Darth Vader made you. Yeah. <laughs> that's Darth Vader he's thanking all the time, which we were so obsessed with when Phantom Menace came out. But now, to me, it just has interesting rhythms to all these other ideas. I think that's that's excellent insight and excellent point. I, I'm with you, too. In 99, I, I was... I, I did come out of the theater screaming and pounding my fists, like, how could you? Actually, yeah. I thought it was, oh, all right, kind of funny. But then it was... I, I used to joke, um, maybe even to the Jedi Alliance days, where it's like, uh, that means the original trilogy is just Vader looking for his lost puppy. Yeah. His, his <laughs> droid. And it works a little bit at Empire, because he's just chasing him around wherever he... I just want 3PO back. <laughs> um, but you're right. You said it, too, that uh, I think time 
cools some passions. And uh, what got me upset in 1999 of how could they? It doesn't matter. Okay, yeah. Anakin built a droid because he's a great engineer. He's great with his hands. He, yeah, you know, he, he, it, it he's just, a lonely kid. Exactly. And the you know, three PO finds his way into all the adventures from that point on. That's fine. That's, yeah. that's fine to me. I have no problem with that. And and I, and it does. Uh, does, I, I like what you're saying there, but uh, it does show a lot uh, about Anakin or, you know, what he used to be. Yeah. And I think that's powerful. Yeah. yeah. And the maker thing is funny, you know. It is kind of. And I know they've done some, you know, fun things with him having, three people having flashes of memory in the comics. Yes. There's that old expanded universe uh, uh-huh. comic that had uh, Vader on Cloud City looking at 3PO's head in the famous Hamlet York skull. Oh, yes. Yeah. like touch, I, And I wouldn't mind some more stuff in New Canon that maybe touched yeah. on it on it lightly and pulled out some of those themes. That would be interesting to me. I, how do you think about the comedy of these two droids here? I think there's a lot of comedy to be found in them. Uh, one of my favorite moments, actually, is in the sequel trilogy of this 3PO's introduction. Uh, uh, it's <laughs> yeah. so perfect. It is pitch perfect. It's so just in keeping with the character. Uh, I think uh, comedy is, is part of what makes them work. Um Let's talk original trilogy comedy with the droids versus prequel trilogy comedy. It has some of the good stuff, but some of the worst <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah. Let's talk the comedy of the droids. Yeah. I think breaking it down, it's just um, the, probably because of the limitations that Luke has had. Mm. Um, the comedy in the original trilogy is all emotional. Mm. It's all about how 3PR2 are being treated by the organics and how they're yeah. bickering with each other and how... Uh, frightened 3PO is. It's all emotional. Mm. And then I think mm. the the big in anything like that in the in the prequels, I like. I like the I'll, you know, yeah. I'll tell him I'm not to sell you and having him be in like what? I in <laughs> the the naked thing is the big bold thing, but even that's like it's a, a physical joke in a way, but it is also it's emotional. It's about that idea of like mm. is that what it is to be nude to a droid and is that really shameful? It's when you get into the, just the giant slapstick that is <laughs> It's hard to find much emotional truth in the yeah. in the three uh, PO gets uh, has an adventure on the uh, the droid line. Yeah, I, uh, look, I like Die Jedi Die because it's just dark. <laughs> I like saying I, I'll I'll say that when applying Battlefront a lot. Die Jedi Die. <laughs> you, what am I saying? When you're shooting Obi Wan and you know you're a heavy st- stormtrooper, just yeah. die Jedi die. die yeah, Jedi yeah. Die. So like I I think a lot of the big CGI slapstick. Mm-hmm. Like slapstick is with great power comes great responsibility. Great slapstick is amazing, but if it's not great, it just feels like been there, done that. Yeah, and it, it's not enough to spark a laugh to me. Yeah. Um, but I like things that come emotionally, so that's the, why the die Jedi die. <laughs> I like. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, as a longtime pro wrestling fan, there's always things where I'm like, oh, you want to be a fan? Here's a clip you need to watch. Here's a match you need to watch. This might get you into it. And yeah. there's like a list of 50 I want you to avoid because okay. you'll never get into wrestling. <laughs> uh, the, the the stuff in Attack of Clones is that like, oh, you're on the fence about being a Star Wars fan. Don't watch this. Watch the other stuff first. The best line in Star Wars. What a drag, right? Is my head's being dragged. <laughs> like, Single best line in all of Star Wars. And, and, I, and I love 3PO. Uh, I, I get it all. And I just, I, sometimes I just think maybe you know, George George isn't a stand-up comic, and he likes certain <laughs> styles, and maybe it's an older, you know, style of comedy, like, you know, yeah. the Laurel and Hardy stuff worked in the original trilogy. It, it works in the original trilogy. And we might hear from people who grew yeah. up uh, in Attack of the Clones as the first movie they saw when they were six years yep. old in the theater and think, and that was hilarious to them at the time, maybe. 
That's like, if that's the first time you've ever seen some of those specific slapstick mm-hmm. bits, maybe it is. It's an excellent point, because seven years old I was, says Yoda. Uh, now, I was seven when I saw Return of the Jedi, and every bit of 3PO comedy in Jedi works for me, and it doesn't necessarily now. It doesn't, like, not work for me, yeah. but Han tapping him on the shoulder three times isn't my favorite scene now. As, uh-huh. a, as a kid, I would quote it to my friends at recess. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's not, again, it doesn't, like... Break my yeah. my love. It just is like it's not it doesn't work for me as much now. As a kid, though, I came out like and then and then he tapped him again, <laughs> again. <laughs> again, and it wasn't three PO's fault. And hurry up, William. <laughs> yeah. um, so I can I think you're right. I think if you were six or seven, uh, you attacked the clones. It, it might have a special place in your heart. We yeah. definitely want to leave room for that there. Uh, and, and even the um, the Ewoks, some of the Ewoks, I love it because it's it's three PO getting his due, but Luke doing the whole spin uh, spinning him up. Yeah. You know, it doesn't hold up as much. Not nah, maybe not, but it's still. I still really enjoy what it means. Yeah. How do you feel about the three P line of the like? I didn't know I had it in me. Uh, oh, I still love it. Yeah. I I love I love it in a way that uh, it three P O kind of kind of finally gets his moment, and he yeah. thinks that he he thinks wow. who knows <laughs> who knows <laughs> who knows yeah oh, yeah. Uh, I do love it there, but it definitely changed. It definitely changed uh, the, 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 the the some of the comedy scenes over time for me. Uh, but it works, I think, best in in Empire. Um, they are still around. Uh, I was going to get into a little bit of the sequel comedy, but we we talked about it there. But let's get to the sequel trilogy. Uh, how how important to Star Wars? Not in terms of of the story, uh, Joseph, but the, the fan base. How important do you do you think it was to have them back and to know they were back in some way? I think it's so important. Uh, I think going back, like I said, if you're a, a fan who was alive during the original trilogy era there's such symbols of star Wars. So mm-hmm. for the force Awakens that, that did have the mission to say star Wars is back. And in particular, the original trilogy flavor star Wars is back. I think mm-hmm. they have much more embraced the, the, the prequel era now, mm-hmm. but certainly force awakens had that T- to have them gone would have just been like, why is there this yeah. massive hole in what star Wars <laughs> yeah. is? Mm. You know, mm. and, and I think they're used extremely well mm. in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, all of the sequel trilogy has been this massive balancing act of we want this to be the story of the new generation, except we also want to spend an incredible amount of time mm. because it's also the return of all the classics. Yeah. And I think they've they've done a really great job of giving them not a ton of stuff, but really good moments when they have them. Yeah, when they have them. I, I, again, talked about that 3PO introduction moment. Um, the red arm, kind of this weird JJ <laughs> says, give him red arm thing. I re- I like the one-shot issue uh, Marvel comic, which it's kind of touching. You know, there's a bunch of droids on a planet, and, and one gives uh, gives that arm to 3PO as a thing of survival. I think there's a great story to it. It doesn't factor into the, the movies too much, but I, I like a lot of it there. But overall, let's talk about them in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. there There's some thoughts, and I hear this a lot. Um, oh, I like all the movies, but... I don't like how R two's been done. Uh, not enough uh, enough use or justice to the characters, and 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 I don't think that's a slight on BB eight. I think generally BB eight's one of the more beloved new characters. Absolutely, BB 8s killer, hands down, and 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 needed. It, it works. Yeah. It works on a lot of levels. But let's talk about our favorite droids in the sequel trilogy. What are your thoughts on them now? Yeah, I feel like R two has definitely had less to do, mm-hmm. but I think it's so important to his character, right? Because mm-hmm. we talked a lot about how he has always been the knowing one, the one who's kind of burdened with all of this uh, information and and, uh, the idea that he had both an emotional connection to Luke so deep and he'd basically just been like, 
I've been running and running and running for decades and I don't know which way is up anymore. I'm just going to power down and sort through Mm. everything I've been through to see if I have the information we need Mm. that, that so builds on the legend of, of who he is and always has been as the keeper of the knowledge. Mm. And it builds on what the sequel trilogy has been about is like, here are all these new characters coming to life in a galaxy full of debris Mm. and baggage of the past. And even R2 is like, I can't even handle the amount of data. I know I can't, you know, and, and he continues that in The Last Jedi. Like, wh- the, what his main act is just reminding Luke of the past. He is the one who knows. He is mm-hmm. the true keeper of the story, the keeper of the flame, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like R2 in particular shines in the sequel trilogy in very small moments. Yeah, I, I, I really do agree with you. Yeah, there's sometimes I'm like, I, I wish there was a little bit more. I don't know how to, you know, to, to put him in the story. Yeah. Thank God I'm not the one responsible <laughs> for it. I don't know how. You need to focus on BB-8. I think it's important for Ray and BB-8 to have a relationship. For, for Poe and BB-8, which is one of the best relationships in Star Wars, I think that's important. So I... Even though Ray spends a lot of time with R two now, uh, you know, flying around, um, I I sometimes want more, but I'm so happy because I that moment with Luke and the Falcon, Last Jedi, is 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 an all time Star Wars moment. Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't trade that for for anything else. Yeah, you know, it also just shows like how far uh, well you can interpret it a lot of different ways, but just shows that wherever R two has been, he understands organics now mm. he knows exactly what of all of his hours and hours and hours of footage mm-hmm. what to play to luke to say what he needs to say to luke yeah you know yeah. that's that's really powerful um yeah and i i really enjoyed 3po i love how much 3po is in all the footage for episode nine i'm so curious to see where r2 is yeah is he partnered with rose or because i was thinking yeah. like you know they're She's a technical whiz, partnered with the, you know, the galaxy's best astromech droid. That's interesting. Are they on a little side mission? Yeah, I don't, and that's, and that's where, I don't want to say concerned but, at all, but just like, yeah, you know, you, the only shot we've seen so far is with Luke that we kind of believe isn't maybe even in the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, maybe we'll get a lot of flashbacks. I, obviously, we want R2, uh, but, but again, I'll, t- I'll take one big moment. Yeah, and that's all I need. Yeah, to build on the character. Yeah, I feel like they're. I feel like three uh, PO and R two are gonna have big moments. Do you in nine? Do I you think, think so. I think three PO is gonna have some huge moments. Yeah, that I I hope work, and I say that because you know uh, I, I'm gonna I'm totally obviously gonna wait and reserve judgment. But him holding all the weapons, everything works for me right now. We'll yeah. see how it plays out. Is it a die Jedi die moment? We'll see. <laughs> um, I'm on board for that. Yeah, I I. Yeah, I just I want I want my I want I want R two to have a good send off too in a way. I feel like Abrams has such an appreciation of yeah. these characters that yeah. that I think he is going to give them absolute hero moments. I think they're going to have. I think it might be similar to the rest of the sequel trilogy of like they're, they're not there twenty four or seven like they are in Empire Strikes no. Back, but I think they're going to do some cool, awesome things. I, yeah, I wonder how much R two might factor into even the bigger picture. 
Oh, yeah. Maybe he's got something about Palpatine. <laughs> maybe, maybe Palpatine took over R2. Maybe R2 oh, fights Palpatine. Well, yeah, I give him a little shock in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Well, now we are speculating wildly. <laughs> Um, one of the interesting things about uh, the new modern era of Star Wars, one of the thing, my favorite things they've done is uh, 3PO and R2, as well as many other droids, are war veterans. They've been through this galactic civil war. They've been through this uh, little resistance uh, first order skirmish here, and that's definitely something more in focus nowadays. Uh, Poe Dameron, um, one of the later issues, maybe issue 28, is that great conversation between BB-8 and R2-D2 talking about the battles they've been into, uh, naming the pilots and the astromech droids that, the, that were lost. Oh, wow. And it's, and it's done in a way it plays out where you don't know who's talking, and then you flip the page and you find out it's them. And it, it was one of those moments I kind of went, I had to win as a fan. I, I never stopped to think of R2 in that way. Yeah. 3PO2, but R2 in that way. He's in those cockpits. He's in the trench run. Yeah, he's like, oh, there goes Biggs. <laughs> yeah, there goes Biggs. Chopper, we know it's played. A, they play a little bit on that, and, and Rebels. Yeah, they, they call thing. him a war veteran. Yeah, yeah, he's in the Clone Wars. Yeah, uh, droids. Now, do you look at every droid a little different now, uh, Joseph? They're part of the rebellion. They're part of the resistance. Uh, do you like this added wrinkle? This yeah. serious wrinkle? Yeah, I do. I really, really do. And I do like the you know people have touched on it a little bit in canon, but continuing that like. Oh, yeah, it's called the Clone Wars, but half the galaxy was traumatized by droids. Right. You know, honestly, it's a dumb thing where I have more appreciation playing Battlefront 2 because it's kind of played for jokes. But, like, mm. when you, uh, you know, start a mission is the Separatists and you're all playing battle droids and, you know, you have your commander saying, like, you know, you were born to serve or, like, like you, you know, mm-hmm. or, like, you failed. And like, great, come back to be decommissioned like there's a lot of just little things that remind you of this like yeah. they had no choice yeah they're just exist they have no malice they're just like shoot okay. the clones shoot the jedi okay you know? and half the gal in like the galaxy in the original trilogy might be even more distrustful or hateful yeah. of droids because of that and that's the galaxy that are mm-hmm. you know yeah so if, like for somebody like r2 is just like i fought in the clone wars i fought in the galactic civil war and some of you old timers still just hate me because I'm a droid. Like that's really gets into some like almost uh, some very moving real world stuff of like, yeah, I fought for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm a the, vet. Who hair throwing them out is is quite a quite a uh, social comment. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, and I I do like the the wrinkle now of he was kind of traumatized by droids growing up, and I think that works. But yeah, it, it, um, there's L337. I think there's some good stuff yeah. there, and, and it works for now. And I like to focus on it. It's part of this, one of the things I think the, the new era does pretty well for this fun Disney era where there's porgs and fun things. I mean, they, they get deep on a lot of things and, and add some, some uh, new wrinkles and, and new ways to look at these characters that, that I just never, never would have stopped to think of, of yeah. R2 as a veteran. Yeah. Never would have. Yeah, it just makes it richer. Yeah. Yeah. We're round, winding down here. We're about to power off on this conversation. Hey. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's talk about some of our favorite moments here. Not exactly a Star Wars rank, but just a little discussion of uh, uh, moments we love with these two droids. Uh, what's on your mind there with some of your big ones? Yeah, we, we already mentioned a couple of them. Uh, yeah. it, for R2, having the message for Luke in Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, R2 barely does anything, but just the, the weight of importance in the flashback scenes of Luke putting his hand on R2 yeah. when the temple is burning. And that's not out of physically I need help standing up. That yeah. is yeah. you're not a tool. You're my best friend and yes. I, I, I can't even face this without putting my, my mechanical hand on your mechanical dome but our, our union yeah. you know our organic 
human. <laughs> it's there. The connection, <laughs> the connection is, yeah. is there. That's a really powerful and could be underlooked moment for what R2 means. It's not R2 doing something. Right. Ha, the light, getting the lightsaber. Yeah. Every, everything on the, the, the barge, you yeah, know. Uh, that's true. Being the mobile bar and <laughs> shooting the lightsaber for one of the single best Star Wars moments. Yes. Um, and I'll, I'll go out there for uh, the prequels. I love R2 burning the super battle droids. Yeah, yeah. It's built too really well. That's a great moment of droid comedy in uh-huh. the prequels when Obi-Wan and the one who should know better is shouting to R2 <laughs> <laughs> and the battle droids can totally hear it and so he has to burn them with his rockets. I love it. What that? That nothing. Um, but yeah, no, actually, it, it, I remember that got a great response in the theater the first yeah. time I saw it. It's just, yeah, me too. Huge, huge yeah. cheers, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it seems like an R2 move of being inventive. Yeah. Like, I'm going to die, so I'm, yeah. I'm burning them alive. What else am I going to do? Fight or flight. Burn or yeah. flight here. Burn or flight. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, for 3PO, that, that Ewok translation, uh, you yeah. know, it, it, it's a great moment in so many different ways, but just be, partially because he's an interpreter, and this is the most successful interpretation we see him do mm-hmm. in the movies. Um, oh, no, I've been shot. Uh, line in Empire Strikes Back oh, yeah. is a is a 3PO. I've always just thought that was a fun, clever thing of like when his head gets attached of like, right. Stormtrooper here, we're in terrible change, right? That's like, oh no, I've been shot. Like, yeah. it's funny and it's also kind of horrific at the yeah. same time. Put Horrible. your head back on and then you yeah. remember being shot. Yeah. Great 3PO moment. Uh, and then the other one for 3PO we mentioned uh, already is uh, his introduction in Force Awakens. Yes. Perfect 3PO comedy of not understanding the weight of the reunion between these two people who broke up because their son turned to the dark side, like, hello! (laughs) And just shot brilliantly by J.J. Abrams to have just 3PO insert himself into the frame. Just beautiful comedy. Oh, I still think one of the things that worked is that comes a little bit later in the movie, uh, you know, uh, and and they had done some of the Corsella stuff. I think they shot some stuff for... At least it's in the novel, but you know Leia was going to maybe be introduced a little bit er- uh, earlier, so yeah. it comes in a little bit later. So you almost forget. You almost forget about three pounds. Yeah, boing back <laughs> in. Oh, I love that a uh, protocol droid. Yeah, is, so uh, those are mine. Keep it to it. Yeah, great list there. Yeah, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, yeah, yeah, you talked about uh, the, the lightsaber moment as a kid. That just it was nothing yeah. cooler than that. Um, I, I enjoy three a lot of stuff on Endor. Um, one of the little moments uh, I enjoy with three PO is on Mustafar, uh, where like three PO, uh, he's he's he knows something's you know Padme's in trouble. Yeah, and it's kind of like we loaded we took care of her <laughs> like Obi Wan. Good. Hey, you you were fighting her. We got her alive. You 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 were fighting Anakin. Yeah, we got her on the ship. We got yeah. her on the ship. Like uh, that's not only just a sweet moment, but. One of those key moments to the franchise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they kept her going there. Uh, I, I love that. Um, R2, everything on Bespin, once, uh, you know, uh, you know, he, he arrives there, the the hero moments indeed. I mean, yeah, that's why I definitely, you know, I agree Mark with Mark Ellis's point. He might be the, the number one on any list. Cause it's, the MVP, it's yeah. With, it, with him, but... Uh, I, I, and I, I'm going back to like my youth for a lot of these things, but like when he does a little smoke screen, puts a little, you know, yeah. blocks stormtroopers, just thought it was the coolest thing. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff there, uh, with, with, uh, the three PO and, and R2 and, uh, new trilogy stuff. Yeah. You're absolutely right. The, uh, uh, uh the, the Luke scene, all of it. And I love that, you know, you connected to the Luke putting his hand on R2. It's like, that is the connection. So it makes sense. It has to come back down to R2. Yeah, which is why it's that powerful moment. So some mine. There's just a lot uh, to choose from there, um, but 
and I, I, I really, I feel for when R2 gets destroyed in New Hope, I still feel for him. I feel for him. Oh, yeah. I especially feel for 3PO when he looks up and no one in the room reacts. Yeah. They don't care. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, even Leia, she's, they're concentrating on bigger things. I right. get it. Right. I get it. And, you know, the droids are friends and <laughs> tools. Yeah. It's, Love that. Thing. Yeah. Lot of, a lot of moments to choose from. Uh, you guys out there, we'll let you know where uh, you can uh, share your favorite moments with us here at Force Center. Fun question to end on. Uh, Joseph, this is a great one you're asking us here. Uh, do you consider yourself more a protocol droid or an <laughs> astromech? Uh, I kind of have my thought. What do you got? Yeah. What do you got? I think this is one of those questions, like, everybody wants to be an astromech droid, right? Yes. Um, want to believe I'm more of an astromech droid, but a protocol droid, I do. I do like making lists and being organized right. and, uh, and trying to have all of the, everything figured out. But mm-hmm. 3PO being the main protocol droid we've known, he's got all that comedy of like, he knows protocol, but he doesn't know exactly when or how <laughs> to actually apply it. Uh, so I think I'm going to give a cheating answer and say like, I, I, I want to be a little bit of an L3 mashup. I think I'm, Oh, that's great. 75% astromech, but I got some protocol droid in there. You said it, man. I, I, I roll around life thinking I'm an astromech droid. <laughs> I think I'm more protocol just in terms of, ah. Um, but, uh, there, you know, I've had some R2 moments, but, uh, yeah, I think that's, I'm not, I'm not quite 3PS. So, yeah, y- your answer of L337 is great. I, I'm trying to find, you know, another protocol droid that's like, you know, not as, as not as fussy or yeah. little. Uh, well, E three PO there on uh, Batsman with the E Chuda. Yes, we don't know what we don't know what E three PO story is. <laughs> Might be an answer too, but I, I wish it was more R two. So that is our look at R two D two and C three PO. There's a lot of those characters. In a way, we're just scratching the surface, but we wanted to put the spotlight on those uh, lovable droids, and you can share your thoughts on them a little bit later. Uh, and if you got, you know, if you got some droid toys, because I, I didn't collect those as much, I admitted that. I, I've got them, I've got them, and I do love, like I said, Breakaway 3PO, classic. I uh, wish I still had my original one. But if you've got a, like an R2 toy or a 3PO toy you want to share, tweet a picture, uh, and we'll, we'll share that with the world. Let's look at R2-D2 C-3PO, the galaxy's favorite droids. Joseph, now time for some audience questions. That is right. Our first question uh, comes from Facebook, and it is from Matthew Craven. Matthew says, hi, Force Center. What are the chances that we will see a time jump within the rise of Skywalker, similar to Avengers Endgame? I think with only a year between The Last Jedi and Episode Nine, uh, that is a very short time frame to rebuild both the Resistance, Republic, and the Jedi Order to combat the First Order. Perhaps a clone droid army is used by the Resistance? Either way, I'm looking forward to an epic battle. Thanks, guys, and may the Force be with you. Uh, so, big picture question from Matthew. Time jump. Uh, but also kind of an interesting sub uh, question about exactly what will the First Order and uh, the Resistance's forces be comprised of. This is a great uh, set of questions here, Matthew. I, I, I think I am more and more in the camp of, and I have you know just no no insight to this. I just I think the End Game thing is a great thought. Um, if you watch that panel at, at a celebration, they still don't really nail down the time. Yes, a year after keeps popping up, but I still, in their responses... They were a little shifty. A little shifty. So some sort of, um, you know, we get uh, Leia Galadriel sends us out uh, with little uh, talismans of, uh, of force lock. 
Uh, and then uh, six standard space months later, yeah, we're we're going. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, I had made that prediction a couple a mm-hmm. uh, couple episodes back. Yeah. I think and I, I, I I'm not like 100 percent for sure it's going to be this. It uh-huh. just does make some amount of structural sense if mm. we get an early scene with Leia doing yeah. the I, I can't be around forever because mm. they only have so much footage of yep. of Carrie Fisher. And it's it would be weird to have her be like, oh yeah, she's alive, but we're just never going to cut back to that planet. Yeah. So I think a jump to the future when our heroes are truly, truly, truly on their own mm-hmm. uh, might be interesting, mm-hmm. and also really drive home like, all right, it's been a year; they've already been through a lot. Now we're going to jump forward even more time, yeah. and they've been through even more together. Yeah. Will really drive home that connection between them. And one of the things that makes it work for me uh, is this, uh, yeah, exactly what Matthew's saying, to build up the armies if there's some kind of fight. Yeah. The First Order, uh, you know, they're still strong in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think they have lots and yeah. lots of soldiers that they've kidnapped as youth yeah. and trained. Yeah, now Richard E. Grant's <laughs> shown up to, to uh, help command it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the, if the resistance at that point is truly just, you know, whoever can fit in the fa- Falcon, we know there's allies out there, whether or not they showed up or on crate or got the call late or went to voicemail, we'll find that out. But so you'll have a two, you know, time for, Hey, here's who answered. And then here's how we built it in, in another year or whatever it might be. I, it, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. I think the resistance is still going to be ragtag and I'm totally. totally on the fence about whether or not there's going to be any sort of Ray has even attempted to start uh, any sort of right. Jedi order. If it's just a matter of like, Hey, I'm, I'm keeping the flame alive for myself and trying to stay alive. And that's yeah. all I have time for right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. So next question comes from Federico Morales, also on Facebook. Do you think there is space for more than a trilogy in the sequels? Why not five films instead of limited to just three? How do you feel about that one? It is, um, it's just to me. It's just simply tradition, right? Yeah. You're raised on on episodes four, five, and six, and then one, two, and three, and you just start to see it in those terms. Then they announce seven, eight, nine. It yeah. just it just makes sense. But the series quote series of films from from Dan and David, which might be a trilogy, might be two. I don't know. That that's a bit that's business stuff. But it's just as for the emotional question that's here. Uh, there's no reason for it not to be uh, Federico, and and I think uh, going forward you could see that it clearly works in marvel yeah <laughs> well and i think it, it it really works for a lot of people uh that they want ongoing narrative storytelling um mm-hmm. so i i it'd be really fascinating to me if they did say like yep dan and dave are doing the old republic mm-hmm. they're doing uh the first film and then we're gonna see yeah and we're gonna see if we have a, con- a story to continue and be interesting to see if they can kind of uh starting not from scratch Right. But starting not being the Skywalker saga, as they have now named it, can Star Wars just organically grow to be more like Marvel? And mm. if they're playing in this brand new time and you got an old Republic movie, but in that first movie, we're introduced to an awesome side character. So why not give them a movie? And yeah. it starts to grow a little bit more the way MCU did. Mm-hmm. I think that might be really interesting. Yeah. And, and you could do that a lot easier going forward. You could do yeah. that if, if, if that's what they wanted to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to jump to Patreon and got some questions from our patrons. Uh, Mark Knope says, 
Alphabet Squadron is the first of a trilogy. I really like we're going to have more time with the same group of characters. That's always something I appreciated about the Aftermath trilogy. I wouldn't mind seeing more sequels of canon novels. What are sequels you would like to see, and do you have story ideas? Sequels and ongoing storytelling mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. just on people's minds. So yeah. what do you think? Are there uh, book sequels that you would like to see? I'm dying for Lost Stars. I know yeah. a lot of people are. That's just It's just... The, the way that ended, it's just built forward. And, it's just and, sitting and we'll there. To, uh, yeah. Come on. I, I uh, loaned that book to uh, my girlfriend, Grace, and, and she's a Star Wars fan, uh, raised with him. Um, favorite character is Darth Maul. She's in it, you know? And, and she said, all right, I'm, I want to give some of these a try. And I, I loaned her that. And uh, she was mad at me. She was like, how, how could you do that to me? Like, <laughs> uh, she, she goes, where's this next one? Where's the like, next one? Yeah. They have, they have already, yeah. <laughs> where's what? found stars? What? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe maybe once some of this kind of era gets a little bit more fleshed out by the Mandalorian, because that would be great yes. to just be like, where where are they then? You know, mm-hmm. how do where do they end up in the Resistance? Uh, mm-hmm. If they end up in the Resistance, yeah. Uh, so that's mine. I, I actually would would like. Uh, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't know if Chuck uh, Wendig would even want to do it at this point anymore. I don't know his relationship with Star Wars. Uh, he's been through a lot, but a, a continuation of some some aftermath wouldn't be mm. bad for me. Some of those aftermath ca- af- aftermath characters uh, would be mm. great. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. Lost Stars is definitely my first choice, but then I'd say Phasma. I don't need her to be Ooh, okay. a nine. I just think that it would be great to have her as a character uh, stay alive and have some mm. adventure entirely separately and just develop as her own character because that that yeah. novel's great, yeah, and different, and I love the story of this. Survivor, and she was with the First Order for a while, but it's not her final destination. You know, yeah, it, it, I like, I really like what you're pitching of just like in in you know going off, uh, off yeah. Outside. But uh, you could even go back too. I think there's a lot of room. There, I oh, mean, we've yeah. seen, we have some. There's a ton of room to the formation of the First Order and all this kind of. Oh, things, for right? sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I, I I'm okay with uh, that. Um, and then maybe maybe Mark maybe. If we can't make Solo 2 happen, like uh, a lot of Ooh. our friends out there, the Resistance Broadcast and all want, maybe we can make Solo 2 the novel happen. Yeah. <laughs> have become a big part of Force lore in canon, but uh, they haven't made an appearance on screen. Do you think we see a holocron in The Rise of Skywalker? If so, how do you speculate it could be weaved into the story? So, I mean, they've, I think they've been there in the yeah. background, right? There, I think there's one in uh, Dryden Voss's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. it didn't move the plot anywhere. It's just right. just decoration. and <laughs> Despite oodles of speculation. Yes, is. absolutely. He didn't put on that Mandalorian <laughs> rally armor or anything either. Um, and, and, uh, uh, they've been in Clone Wars yes, and, yeah. and Rebels, but like not in a big movie, and certainly not you know, the Skywalker saga, to, to Kai's point. So... What do you think about that? How do you think it could factor in, or how do you think it should? Holocron fans, this is your <laughs> moment. I'm telling you, I think uh, I think now more than ever, this is it makes perfect sense. Here's the thing, though, you will have to explain what it is. I think to the general audience, I really mm, think you will. Yeah, uh, because they aren't on the big screen. We didn't get a whole plot point in Phantom Menace of here, young Annie. Here's a holocron. I think you <laughs> would need to explain. Not, I'm not saying you don't need Rick Ole. Yeah, maybe three PO. <laughs> Yeah, I go back to the original point. <laughs> what is that? Um, <laughs> it's it, a holocron, three PO. Shut it's up. A, it's an easy, <laughs> yeah. It's an easy concept to get. So it's not a. That's why it's not a big sticking point for me. Uh, I think. I think if with Palpatine, little histories, whew, this could be the moment. Yeah, man. What I mean, it's probably not this. So this is this is wild speculation, not mm-hmm. uh, not responsible uh, speculation. But man, if Leia was able to be like Ray, you're setting out. Here's a here's a holocron Luke gave me. 
Yeah. You know, it's the, the way the Jedi stored knowledge, you know, yeah. uh, that would be amazing. I think, I think, I think there's a good possibility. I still think there's a possibility of some sort of dealing with how the force ghost of Anakin works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there is also, since we've already actually seen it in rebels too, I think there's also the possibility of Ray looking at all the Jedi stuff she's found collected. And here's a holocron with Anakin and reflecting on who he was. Yeah. You know, and the way they've set it up in the sequel where, the main events of original trilogy are galactic lore mm-hmm. and Poe Dameron, you know, probably now understands, Oh, that's the Jedi who became Vader and is the father right. of right. Leia. Like, so I could see this amazing scene of Poe and Finn gathering around and having questions for Ray and having Ray think about like, who was this guy? That'd who be was he before he became Vader? Yeah. You know, in a holocron. Good work. That'd be really cool. Now more than ever. Yeah. Now more than ever. It's time for Holocrons. Uh, those are our questions this week. Great questions as always. Thanks for everybody who sends them in both on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and on Patreon. Absolutely. Thank you all. And uh, Power of the Light Side will return uh, shortly. If you are a Patreon supporter, uh, Joseph, you sent some uh, requests for yeah. this segment in your inboxes. Give it a check. I know not everyone pops. You might support, but you're not on Patreon all the time. Yeah. Just check your inboxes. Yeah, that's right. So I, I'll give a poke when I have a little bit of time and, yeah. and see if we can get some more positive thoughts about Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. If you have a question or just want to reach out and say something or you bought a, you know, a Force Center t-shirt and you want to <laughs> brag and show us because we love seeing that here. Here's how you could do it on Twitter. Follow us at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Like us there. Website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. Add that aforementioned uh, merch is on tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Podcasts available a lot of places, including Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. We are on YouTube as well, where we have like our animated data bank brawl. More content coming there shortly. And we talked about Patreon. Joseph, that's going strong. That is right. You can join the party. You can get access to our Discord and help us uh, reach new goals and keep going at patreon.com slash center. Go check that out. Absolutely. We're almost out of here today. Don't forget to still follow and uh, see our adventures of our friend Jennifer Landa at Jennifer Landa and her YouTube channel. Uh, Joseph, I know you are very busy. Yeah. Get some big events coming up. Tell the world. Yeah. So uh, in particular, I will be at Convergence this coming weekend, the 4th of July weekend, big convention in Minneapolis doing a big stand-up show, doing a bunch of different podcasts, including a live Star Wars counseling. So uh, do check that out. Uh, You can find out about it on my website at josephscrimshot.com under the live shows page. Uh, And uh, my other podcast, Obsessed, uh, most recent episode is with great comedian, great human being, Dave Foley, talking about UFOs, a great comedian talking about UFOs. How can you beat that? I will tell you uh, by being surprised at the incredibly (laughs) thoughtful and interesting and just kind of awesome, interesting things that he has to say about UFOs. Uh, So go check that out. There's also a link to that uh, right on the front page of my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And of course, Twitter and Instagram is also at josephscrimshaw. Let me tell you, you know, uh, I'm a big big fan of the Obsessed Podcast, but as as, as we're all busy in these creative uh, endeavors, you don't always stop to listen to your your buddy's podcast, right? There's so much to listen to. I stopped to listen (laughs) to the Dave Foley one. I'm almost done with it because not only just a huge fan of Kids in the Hall and and, uh, all those good things, but I have been obsessed with the UFO stuff lately, (laughs) Bob Lazar and everything. It's a great interview. Highly recommend you check it out if you haven't listened to Obsessed before. Here's a great starting point. It's a really fascinating one. It yeah. really is. Uh, 
well, uh, for me, you can go to catnapsack.com to find out more information, where to pick up my book, What With the Star Wars, other shows that I do, including Casterly Talk. Live shows. Uh, I will be down to San Diego Comic-Con for Thursday night's show at the American Comedy Club. Uh, that is uh, with Mark Ellis and friends. I'll be hosting one of the shows, I think doing a set on the other. But I, I, I got to warn you, nothing's final. <laughs> So um, go to MarkAllisLive.com. Number one, I might be sleeping in my car. Uh, we try to work that out, um, but I don't want to uh, oversell it from there. But I, I definitely hung out with Mark this weekend. I'm excited to get down there. We're talking about it. So look for that. And more information coming soon. If you're in my area, hometown area, Pismo Beach, uh, San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, Royal Grande, Central Coast Film Society has uh, invited me to be part of a, a screening of New Hope that they're showing up there on August 24th at the Clark Center Community Center. More information coming on that. You can go to their website, centralcoastfilmsociety.org. Uh, it's just, uh, I'll be uh, down the street from my parents' house. So awesome. <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun. More information coming on that. That is it for this week. Uh, so for 3PO and R2, thanks for all that you've done. We love you and appreciate you. This was Forza. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 